folks. Welcome back to the footyjumpers.com podcast, podcast presented to you by footyjumpers.com, the resource for all things footy, uh, uniforms and graphics. Uh, my name is Rob and with me is my co-host Lockie. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in again for this episode of footyjumpers.com podcast. So, we'll do a quick little recap. So, we got up to 1974 in the last episode. We were just sort of coming into the end of black and white TV. And so, now we're going to go to the next stage of 75 onto, I think, about the sort of mid-80s. And, yeah, sort of the introduction of colour TV. So, what's what's going on? I imagine there's a lot of implications with that. But, um, yeah, what's going on at 75? So, well, Skyhooks were on the radio and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is, well, Colour TV came into Australia. It was actually October of 74, but, of course, that means it missed the footy season. Uh, they did actually film the grand final on in black, sorry, in colour. So Richmond and North Melbourne, you see that game, like if you look it up on YouTube, you'll see it's in colour. But uh, nobody had a colour telly. So mm. although they were filming it in colour, um, it was shown everybody watched it on a black and white TV because nobody had the other you know, had a colour telly yet. <laughs> so so that's the nineteen seventy four, like the end of seventy four, and then as they're going to seventy five, Channel Seven had done all this testing throughout the season of seventy four with the cameras and they go to the VFL, as they were called at the time, mm. and they said, right, we're going to have to change some things, amongst other things, just to make everything brighter and more colourful. Uh, so they got uh, Fitzroy changed to a... a well, they, they'd sort of gone to a lighter maroon in 74, but they went even lighter to, you know, just one shade darker than red. Uh, Footscray, who are now the Bulldogs, they changed their jumpers to have the red band inside the white band. Uh, Melbourne changed from navy blue to royal blue, and they've actually gone back to that as their clash jumper now. So now they wear a navy blue or a royal blue jumper, but uh, back then they moved from navy blue to royal blue. And then you've got uh, little changes like Essendon and Richmond just widened the sash on their jumpers. And you've also got Hawthorne, uh, they changed the back of their jumpers where it used to be brown and gold stripes. Uh, they changed it to a um, all-gold back. Wow. So they were, uh, it's they like were the, a major the age of the colour rush. Pretty much, yeah. How did... um? Yeah, they, so did Channel 7, they just sort of came in and worked out with the AFL that they got all these permissions to sort of change up club jumpers and colours and whatnot? I mean... I imagine it must have been big money contract or something. I uh, I don't know what the TV contract was. I don't think it was massive money. It really wasn't massive money until the late 80s. Yeah. So so what happened, I mean, they just wanted to put football on TV and they knew that they would get advertisers because everybody wants to watch the footy on TV. And so they, yeah, as I say, they just made it as colourful as possible. I should have mentioned also, you know, they also, that was the introduction of coloured shorts. So yeah, like that's Essen, Footscray, the, well, Swans, yeah, because everybody from the 1920s had been wearing black shorts at home, white shorts away, and now you've got black shorts, well, only St Kilda, Richmond, Collingwood 
were still wearing black shorts. Everybody else had, you know, the one of the colours that they wear in their jumpers. So like South Fitzroy, uh, South Footscray, Essendon all went to red shorts. Um, Fitzroy, Melbourne, North Melbourne, they went to like uh, sort of royal blue shorts. Carlton and Geelong went to navy shorts. Hawthorne got brown shorts, and then some clubs wore uh, coloured shorts away, like coloured shorts in away games. Right. I feel like yeah, that's a big difference. I feel. I mean, looking back, and I watch like some old YouTube videos of footy in the seventies, or you take see like a specky compilations or whatever, and yeah, the colours, yeah. the coloured shorts, they pop so much, like. I remember, I think it was Fitzroy, and they had the gold shorts at the time too. Like, yes. gee whiz, they look yes. awesome. <laughs> Fitzroy wore blue shorts at home and yellow slash gold shorts away games. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was probably too much colour. Richmond actually <laughs> wore them too. Richmond wore yellow shorts for about uh, not too many games. They got to about mid-season and went, nah, we're not doing this. Yeah. They went back to white shorts, um, and then they wore white shorts, you know, in, just in away games. But, yeah, they had yellow shorts in a few away games, which mm. was not a good look. We, we don't really... Shorts. When did the coloured shorts sort of fade out? Because I feel like we don't really see that all that much anymore. Uh, pretty much they still wear them. Um, like South, which moved to Sydney, they still wear them. I mean, St Kilda and Richmond and Collingwood and Essendon, wear black so that doesn't change much um yeah melbourne wear navy blue hawthorne wear brown geelong wear navy blue i guess footscray you know well probably before they became western bulldogs but they went to royal blue from the red shorts so yeah i feel like you really don't see the the, the brighter colored shorts well that's true yeah i mean really only sydney and I guess since the addition of Gold Coast, they're the ones in red shorts. But, mm. uh, yeah, every, like Footscray and Essendon both had dropped the red shorts by the mid-'80s. Footscray in the early, oh, probably 1980. And then Essendon, uh, they were still wearing them in 83. They actually were black at home and red away, I guess it was. And then, um, or maybe that was 82. I think 83, they might have actually dropped them completely for the white shorts again. But, uh, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, early 80s, basically, you've, you've lost the red shorts on Footscray and Essendon. Mm. Um, but the Swans kept going. <laughs> Good for them. Good on them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess red is, uh, for them, red's their darker colour. So, because, you know, their other's white. Whereas for the Bulldogs and Essendon, um, yeah. they've got a darker colour and, yeah, the darker shorts just look a bit better, don't they? Yeah, they do. I feel like for some yeah. sort of jumper clashes, a, a colour pop shorts could sort of really assist. Well, I, yes, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I would argue that there's no reason to add a non-club colour to the uniforms. So, like, Essendon... Like Essendon play St Kilda and they play away and the first thing they do is they put them in white shorts, which is a St Kilda colour and it's not an Essendon colour. It doesn't mm. make any sense. <laughs> so the, the AFL 
I think it was like, well, first there was the 1985 season. They all wore home shorts just about every game. Um, it's only when the when you're away team and the home team had exactly the same colour shorts, that's when they made them wear white shorts. But then in the early 2000s, there was this thing where whoever had white in their uniform, they wore white shorts. And if you had no white, then as much as possible, you wore, you know, you just wore the solid colour. So I remember a Crows game where they played Port Adelaide and Port Adelaide was the home team. So they had their home jumper with white shorts and then the Crows had an away jumper by this time. So they wore their away jumpers with navy shorts. And it's like, all right, now I can see it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there'd have to be a way of figuring it out because uh, I guess now you've got a lot of teams will have a home and away jumper. And that's not necessarily uh, like a clash jumper, but, you know, they've got a, a certain jumper for away games, which, you know, they have to wear a certain number of times because there's a sponsor on it and, you know, different sponsors on the back and so on. Like the, normally the home and away get reversed. And yeah. teams like Essendon and Carlton, uh, Collingwood, they're just their home jumper. They have it in with the sponsors reversed for away games. Right. So like Essendon plays Carlton. If Carlton's the away team, well they'll have their away sponsors on the on the front, and you know the home sponsor usually has the back sponsorship on the away jumper, even though it's exactly the same as the home jumper. But the swap the sponsors get reversed. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. So uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it'll, it's a case-by-case -case basis, I suppose you'd call it. But, yeah. Um, certainly, Talk if Essendon wore red shorts, well, they would stand out more against Richmond, I think, than if they wore yellow, if they wore white shorts. Same with St Kilda. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Add a club colour to it. So, so yeah. the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs yeah. are in red shorts. You're not going to look anything like, you know... North Melbourne or Melbourne. Yeah, especially if you've got a high contrast to your primary colour of your jumper. Exactly, yes. Like a bright yellow exactly. short on oh. Richmond or a bright red short on Essendon looks a lot different that'd to classic. Navy. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a classic. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, the thing is that the AFL's determined to have, like, traditional rivals play against each other in their traditional jumpers. So Carlton plays Richmond round one every year. Yeah. Um, Essendon plays Carlton early in the year because, you know, in both cases, they want to have those games repeated because people go to those games and then the crowd numbers are good. And so, you know, Essendon always plays Carlton twice. They generally play Richmond twice. Carlton plays Collingwood, Essendon and Richmond twice because, you know, again, they want to get the crowds in. Yeah. And so... They, they play each other and their jumpers look so similar. And it's like, well, if, if they did have coloured shorts that were different, it would definitely improve the contrast. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. It's not really the history of the game, is it? It's more the, the current situation. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, there's the little soapbox moment. We'll um, get back off that. So we're talking with the... Um, you brought up the logo before. Was this sort of the period when we started to see like the VFL logo on the, on the jumpers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So was that, well, I mean, that was 75, 76 is when the VFL, 
they went to uh, I think they went to the like the NFL model and you know some of those well um, what do you mean English by that Premier League, what was they even called the English Premier League well the NFL had this whole merchandise thing and so that's when they standardized all the club logos they made like club logos for every club they uh, they started selling the like those logos uh, you know you could put them on bread you could put them on toilet paper you could have all these products that had um the vfl logo and then the club logos as well right so you know you went to the royal melbourne show and you could get a richmond show bag or an Essendon show bag and it had the new um it was actually the original ones were the cartoon logos and then they came out with a more um to call it corporate logo which is those vfl shield logos that well well they're all on the website but um yeah under each club you can look up the club logos and and see all the old ones but that's when they came out with that sort of um marketing side of the business and the vfl took over all of the marketing and Mm. effectively all of the ownership of all of the intellectual property associated with the clubs started to see the sort of foundations of the corporate game exactly yeah exactly so 76 season every jumper every pair of shorts uh every pair of socks all had the vfl logo on them and then uh then well after that i believe it was john elliott the from carlton president of carlton at the time he was the first one to say well if you're going to put your logo on these jumpers well, we'd like to put a logo on the jumpers ourselves and so that was then the beginning of sponsorships and so uh carlton well that was uh, sorry i should explain that was 1977 that you know that they had that discussion and then the club started having sponsors logos on their jumpers so round three uh carlton and richmond had new sponsor logos round four collingwood round five Essen, round six north round seven hawthorne um and then you like you know so each week a new club had found a sponsor to put on their jumpers and and wear each week and then round 15 geelong and so in 1977 they were the only clubs that actually got sponsor logos on their jumpers and um yes yeah, so, and obviously that's just kept going and going and growing and so forth right so it wasn't so, just like yeah, some of the like a rule things. change and so, everyone agreed upon to the next year it was just a free-for-all oh Oh, well, if you I find mean, a sponsor, you can whack it on your jumper. Size. Yeah, 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 basically. You could get a sponsor's logo as long as it was no bigger than the VFL logo that they had on the other side of their jumper. And then, so, yeah, as long as it only took up as much space as the VFL logo, they had it on the right, uh, what's that, the left-hand side of their jumper where the mm. VFL was on the right hand side. Mm. And... Um, yeah, so 77 was the first year that you saw any of those. And then, uh, well, the other good thing in 77 is Geelong put numbers on their shorts. But they had these little really? felt iron-on numbers. And 
basically after not that many weeks they all fell off <laughs> so I don't know, they, I don't well, know how useful they that would be all fall off. they didn't all fall off oh I think it was for TV I think it was so that you could see a, you know you could recognise a player from the front without knowing what number he had on his back you could go well that's number nine that's Michael <laughs> Turner yeah right yeah, so I think that was the idea. Although Michael Turner had long blonde hair and he probably stood out, and he was a fairly good player too. So um, <laughs> he probably stood out at any rate, so not yeah. the best example. But uh, it, yeah, so that was the idea that you could tell, you know, who was who. Was who and uh, so who say, they, is there like a piece of trivia? The like, they fell off. Who was the very first sponsor in AFL? I mean, it's VFL. Well, it's a bit hard because Carlton. And Richmond both started wearing sponsor logos the same week, mm. um, and all games games used to start at the same time too. So uh, <laughs> round three of round three of nineteen seventy seven, uh, South Melbourne played Richmond. Richmond had CUB. It's actually it was horrible. It was it was a black patch with yellow CUB. So they decided to do it in club colours, and. Carlton had um, is that as in Carlton United Breweries? They sponsored, yeah. So they were the ones that sponsored. Um, actually, I'm thinking. You know what? I think Carlton was round four. So Richmond would be the answer to the question: Who was the first one to have a sponsor's logo? With the Carlton United Breweries. Yeah, yeah. yeah so right. Richmond with CUB logo was the first one, and as I say, it was black with a yellow CUB for the first couple of weeks. Mm. And, I mean, for one thing, you, you could hardly read it anyway. <laughs> and then it wasn't that long into the season, oh, yeah, oh there you go, round 10, uh, where they started wearing a yellow logo, a yellow patch with black CUB. And then you could actually see it. Right, right. So, yeah, so yeah, there was just, so at that time, there was just some teams had sponsor logos and some didn't and that was just that that was just yeah, the norm so then how long yeah. was it from then for everybody every team to have sponsors oh yeah uh there's a few clubs didn't get sponsors till right up into the but probably about 1980 um oh, wow so a, a few Kilda, years yeah st kilda wouldn't have had a sponsor until 1982 wow like, That's such a big yeah. gap. And in the meantime, you know, other clubs had had two or three yeah. on the journey. Um, North Melbourne had courage, and then like, and, and then the backs of all of the uh, trainers' things as North have courage, and that was fairly famous for a while there. Uh, well, because they were winning flags at the time, and then um, well, seventy-seven they did, and then uh, then they had an insurance company. In I think seventy nine and then nineteen eighty they had Tooth Brewery, which may have been related to Courage, but I'm not quite sure. They I think they're from um, New South Wales, and then by nineteen eighty one they had Budget. So they've gone through four different sponsors. Secured haven't had one yet. Yeah. So you know they they chopped and changed, and I guess different people saw or different. Companies saw different amounts of value from being a sponsor of a club. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, by 
that sort of time, you've got, I guess, probably the main change would be the Bulldogs. Well, for starters, they had wider bands just so it was more noticeable on their jumpers. But a lot of the clubs that changed their socks uh, just to, you know, brighten things up or change things up a bit, effectively they changed them back by 1980 as well. So I think mm. Hawthorne had sort of brown socks with just a couple of yellow bands on them initially, and then they changed back to thin brown and gold hoop socks. And then Footscray had these white socks with a blue and red band on them. And then by 1980, they just changed back to blue again. Uh, mm. Yeah. I wonder socks, with the... Um, so. Just tying back to the, the logos, I wonder... is yeah. So in regards to placement, like why has we never sort of... Ex- uh, experimented with a logo on the front of the jersey in the center as if for the Premier League sort of style. Why they didn't put it there? Yeah, oh, I think, is this uh, like a, is it a rule based thing or is it? No, I, I'd say there was two clubs in 1976 when they first put logos like, like when they first put the VFL logo on the jumper. There was two clubs that had their club logo sort of over the heart, which was St Kilda and Fitzroy. And so I think most likely because of that, it then just became symmetrical to put it opposite that. And if you're going to put it opposite that for Fitzroy and St Kilda, well, you're just going to do it for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's where, I mean, that's just where it went on the Guernsey. And as I say, I think it's mostly because, yeah, you had to do it for the same for every one of them. And it would have looked weird if you had it in the middle uh, with the St Kilda and Fitzroy jumpers where it was already over the heart. So they just put it over the other side of the chest. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, especially going forward, like, in the modern day as well. Like, not having that too. Oh, well, well, yeah. Well, the modern day, realistically, is just the, and, and that's the thing, it's evolved out of this. You know, it's evolved from, okay, well, St Kilda have already got a patch and they've had it since the 1930s. You're not gonna, they're not going to take it off. I mean, it, that's been, you know, at that point, it's rusted on, you know, um, part of what they look like, part of their corporate identity, part of their branding, whatever you call it. Um, that's a St Kilda jumper and has been for, you know, well, at that point, 40-some years. And now it's... Um, you know, it's 90 years. So you're not going to take the St Kilda logo off the St Kilda jumper. Um, yeah. But then, all right, so if you if you accept that, well, then where are you going to put the the VFL and now AFL logos? Well, it's going to have to be on the other side. Yeah, um, yeah. I know at one point they talked about doing the AFL logo. or Well, yeah, they're probably only since it's been the AFL, so it wasn't back in the VFL days of doing the AFL logo in the club colours. So, you know, if you've got the AFL logo and it's Geelong, well, it's navy blue and white. You've got the AFL logo and it's Melbourne, it's navy blue and red. As in, like, the so, the, the blue and red font sort of look. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever, I mean, right now it's, you know, blue, red and white. Yeah. Um, I think the, the plan was to do it in two or three colours and then you would 
find a way of making that mm. um, in the club colours on the on the jumpers. Yeah. And right. then, for whatever reason, they decided. Because uh, I remember, oh, I'm probably going back to John Elliott, and I don't really like to quote him all that much. But <laughs> I remember one thing he said, which was, nobody barracks for the AFL. You know, the <laughs> AFL don't have any supporters. You don't need their logo on one of these jumpers. Now, I guess you do if you're saying this is the value that comes from being a an AFL Guernsey jumper. Um, you know, it's that its value comes from the fact that you're associating it with the club. And so to make that somewhat official and also to make sure that the AFL are getting some licensing merchandise rights out of that, uh, then you're going to have to have an AFL logo on it somewhere or anybody can make a jumper and then the AFL make nothing. So, you know, there is some value in a black jumper with a red sash being an Essendon jumper and the thing that makes it an Essendon jumper are all of the extra parts to that. And that's what the VFL incorporated in 1976 and that's what's it's grown to today. Yeah. If you see a black jumper with a red sash, it could be anything. But if it's got an AFL logo and it's got a Samsung logo and it's got a, you know, whatever else they have, Amart Furniture and it's got a Liberty Finance, then it's an Essendon jumper. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's 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 what makes it that product, makes it an AFL product or in these days a VFL product. Mm. So it's interesting yeah, that's, I guess that's cool. tying back again to sort of the similarities with the Premier League and how they sort of went down a different path in regards to the sponsorships on their kits. But because I mean well, you could Premier look at you could look at clubs too. like Newcastle, for example, is what I'm kinda of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And compare that, you know, to the logical comparison of like Collingwood, where it looks pretty similar, but nowadays they probably had those black and white bars sort of thing at the same sort of same sort of time period, but nowadays, you know, the sponsorships all over them in the middle of the kit front and center. Well, yeah, and that's true. Uh, are they the ones that that have like a sponsor's logo that ends up and like with the collar, it ends up making a four on their jumper? Is that? Oh, I'm not sure this year. Yeah, in years gone by, it's like the soccer jerseys. I mean, yeah, that that sponsor logo in the middle takes up a fair bit of real estate. Um, some yeah. of the leagues, you know, a level or two down from the AFL, the uh, Sandfall, the Waffle, places like that, uh, well, uh, competitions like that, you know, they've got the sponsors, like, right across the front. And, I don't know, I think it detracts from the spectacle generally. Yeah, But then yeah, you, know, you sure. do see it in um, European sports. I mean... To watch Russian ice hockey, or uh, you, you barely know what team it is. Yeah, it's just the advertising boardings. It's similar you know, it's with just, the similar with the uh, European basketball. Don't really watch a lot of Russian ice hockey, to be fair. Sorry, with the American basketball. The European. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not a big uh, European. They love their sponsors. Guy. They'll just get like a white singlet, and you know, their jumper identity is almost what sponsors they have. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like uh, that in yes, European. Which, which is not, uh, yeah, I think it's bad enough that now we do like the European uh, European soccer manufacturers, like Adidas as, as an example, you know, they come out with a template, like a way of sewing the jumper together 
And then what happens is you've, you've really got an Adidas jumper in club colours, you know? So it's like mm. Essendon have a black jumper with a red sash. Well, when it, when it was an Adidas thing, the sash never met at the side. It just had to fit the way that Adidas cut their jumpers. Same with Hawthorne. You know, Hawthorne are brown and gold stripes, but realistically all the stripes get cut off. So now they're brown and gold wedges because you know the jumpers have to fit what an adidas jumper looks like so yeah. uh, they, those sorts of things are um little bugbears of mine that i don't particularly enjoy um, <laughs> did that change yeah, any of the sort of the number fonts when in regards to the manufacturing or oh, sort of those that's yeah look that, uh, there were a couple there was a couple of good ones. Well, just after the 1980 World Cup, um, there was the like a... Well, St Kilda sort of adopted one of those, which is... Uh, it's like a black... Uh, what would you call it? Insert into the white number. And so it was just a... Um, I guess it almost ended up looking a bit like three stripes, but it was... Uh, yeah, so there was like the white number, very thin, black outline, and then a white outline around that. And like that's seen as like this real St Kilda heritage, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great if they went back to those old school numbers? And it was the 1981 and 82 seasons. That's the only years they <laughs> And I don't think they were particularly successful in 81 or 82, but it's just, you know, Simon O'Donnell, the cricketer, uh, was taking marks up forward and uh, mm. it's like, oh, yeah, the Saints in, in those old school jumpers or <laughs> old school numbers. And then um, in the same time, Collingwood started wearing this American style, uh, what would you call it, like a block number. and But they kept, they wore those at least for a few years. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they were... Mm that much easier to read what was in the 80s what was sort of the proceedings around fonts like is it was it i get obviously from hearing that it's not necessarily standardized across the competition it was it was standardized in that the numbers were made by you know whoever made numbers like if you wanted to put a number on your jumper uh you went to you know, one of the, um, what would you call it, uh, haberdashery, is that the right word for it? You know, those places that do, like, material and they do things that you can sew and all that sort of stuff, and they were the sort of place. That, I guess you'd also go to a sports store, you know, a place that sold Adidas runners and stuff like that. This is back before, you know, Rebel and places like that were massive. Like, mm. sports stores were just these small little stores, and the places that sold the numbers were you know i guess they made other stuff but they you know it was like uh i don't know whether there was just one company that made them or or how that worked but apart from those two realistically everybody was wearing the same font of numbers uh right up until until the afl standardized them in about 2007 and then I, oh, it might have been 2005, they started putting the AFL logo on the, the numbers. Um, I'll have to check that. Mm. I think uh, maybe 2007. Right. 
So uh, before that, basically, you could pretty much just rock up in any sort of number design you wanted. Well, early days you could, but then by this point, I don't think there were too many places that were actually creating those numbers, like like making those numbers and selling, you know, putting them in plastic bags and selling them. So or plastic wrap, not a plastic bag, but so they generally just look the same. So the numbers that Carlton had, they're probably buying them from the same place as the numbers that Essendon had and the numbers that, and realistically they were, there weren't that many manufacturers of jumpers in the VFL level or at the VFL level. So mm. you've sort of got, um, I think there was one called, well, the Seacom who's still going around today. You've also got um, a place called Jason. Uh, Jason Knitting Bills was around in that, this sort of era. Yeah. And then there was Brandella, and I'm pretty sure Brandella got taken over slash bought out something. Uh, they have an association with Adidas. Right. And so if they're all getting their numbers from the same place, then everybody's wearing the same gear. You know, everybody's wearing the same font. Yeah, yeah, right. And so yeah. that's what it appears to be. I mean, the you go to get a jumper. Oh, sorry, if you want to get a number and you want to sew it on, which, you know, you had to get your mum to do and all that sort of stuff, um, then, yeah, you just wanted a number that was easy to sew on, like 1, 7, mm, <laughs> 11. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, go around, go around corners and stuff like that. It was a bit of a pain. But uh, they were generally a piece of material and then there was felt underneath it was uh, not felt uh, sponge it's like spongy material and so it was felt in the earliest era um so if you get like a jumper from the 50s and 60s that was made out of felt and sewn on but then yeah it, it had this like i suppose it was cotton and then um probably after that slash like a cotton polyester it was just a thin piece of material um the ones on the the game jumpers, they didn't have the sponginess to them. They would have had that taken off, and then they would have put the you know before they sewed the jumper onto the sorry the number onto the jumper. Uh, whereas the spongy ones that you'd get at the shops, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you could sort of that that's one of the ways you can tell the difference between a jumper that somebody's made themselves and one that's you know a real sort of jumper. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was good. I remember back back when I was younger, you'd get a buy your sort of naked footy jumper and then go to the shop and pick what number you wanted for, you know, number five for James oh, Heard or whoever you got, yeah, you know, yeah. thirty three for McPhee. Yeah, my old mate. Adam McPhee. Did anyone ever put Adam McPhee on? <laughs> it used to be Maybe more, Adam McPhee. Yeah. Well, point being that you probably would never buy a jumper in the store for number 33 like an Adam McPhee, but, you know, you'd always find a jumper that's number 5 or 18 for Essendon, for example. So it's good. Oh, it? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as time went on, you know, your technology got better with the iron-on numbers, and so you'd get an, an iron-on jumper that was sort of a plastic um, thing to it, so it repelled water and stuff. Um that's that's sort of moving on now those were never used on afl vfl jumpers 
but that was the sort of stuff that you could buy at the shop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was probably even in the same font, but it looks a little bit different. So those were the only two clubs in that time that had this sort of different number style and, so that was Collingwood yeah. and St Kilda, and yeah, they are. but both of them kind of dropped off and in the late eighties. Well, yeah, by by the mid like well, Colling St Kilda only won for two years, and then um, Collingwood wore theirs eighty one through eighty six seasons, and then the next time I think anybody wore a really different font would have been Brisbane in two thousand six, and so mm. Brisbane had a a season where the numbers that they used actually matched the, I guess it's the font that they use in their Brisbane Lions club logo. Right. Um, can't remember the name of that at the top of my head, but um, <laughs> yeah, so the numbers that they were using, I think was the same font, and they, but they only did that for the one season, and then the VFL, it was 2007, where the VFL, uh, AFL said, um, we're going to put the AFL logo on all the numbers and we're also going to have um, uh, the same font for everybody. Mm. And so by this point, everybody's printing the jumpers. Like it's a, uh, it's called, it's a process called sublimation. So they get a white piece of material and then they, uh, they heat up dye to the point where it boils and becomes a gas and that gets run through the, um, the, run over the top of the white material. And then as it goes through, it cools down. And so that gas reforms into a dye. And that's what jumpers are made of today. And mm. then they sew them together and there's a fully jumper. Yeah. Um, and we'll go further into that in the next couple episodes yeah, as we're leading up to it. Because, yeah, we sort of, yeah, yeah, I think in the next couple episodes, we sort of get to the more of that, the modern the modern look and style and how all that works. It's yeah, very exactly. interesting and different. But I think now we sort of, yeah, I think I think Collingwood sort of, yeah, with that number jersey taking him to sort of the late 80s, it's probably a good logical point to maybe stop the episode for now and, um, yeah, wrap things up. Finish? Yeah, yeah so, so. Uh, where did we get to? 81, 82? Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, so, yeah, 81, 82, now everyone's got sponsor logos. Uh, everyone's um, wearing something colourful, something yeah. interesting. So, well, colour TV, everyone's, everyone's yeah. experimenting with colours and pops and we're getting sponsorships have started, logo on the jumpers. And, yep. yeah, so that's basically where we're at now. There was a big change, obviously, big, big change. Um, and so that's, I think that's a good good little period very in for like the in the in regards to it the was, history it was yeah it was a good it was a great period of footy it oh was, it was great stuff it was, yeah love going to the games oh we miss footy <laughs> <laughs> alrighty so I think yeah that's a good wrap up and what will we do next episode awesome. it's gonna be uh, from well, basically the late 80s 90s to what do you reckon? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, we've got the uh, the mid eighties. Well, as as we mentioned before, the 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 mid eighties. For one thing, there was the clubs. At one point, uh, everybody had a. Um, uh, every, well, we had the the move back to darker shorts, 
Um, at one point, it was where your dark shorts at home and away, unless they clashed. Uh, that was the mid-80s again. And then 87, two new teams. Uh, oh, so West Coast and Brisbane. Uh, West Coast and Brisbane and both we'll... decided to wear gold jumpers like the reigning premiers. And we'll get and into so... them. We'll yeah. get into those and we'll into... all the new stuff in the next one. That'd be good. Yeah. All Alrighty. right. Well, thanks for tuning point. in. Thanks for downloading. Uh, like and subscribe. And, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll stuck into it on the next, the next episode. episode. Yeah. Don't right. Remember Same to check yourself. out the com website oh, to yes. find all of, all of the source for this these information we've been talking about today. Correct. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye. See you next time. Bye.